It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme with John Paul and Sadie taking your calls at 1850 333 103. Text and WhatsApps welcomes throughout the morning as well to 086 to 103 103. And I was talking earlier with Simon about the one thing I've noticed in the morning is the wonderful bird song on the dawn chorus. It's just, I should get excited if I realise that I've woken earlier than the alarm clock and I'll throw open the window so that I can really get to listen to the bird song. It, it just is fantastic. And I've never noticed it to be as loud and you know I'm putting it down to the fact that there's less traffic on the road and and therefore we're getting to hear the birds are always there but they just seem to be singing uh, all the more louder during this current uh, pandemic Um, and somebody says good morning Patricia I I heard you speak about the beautiful bird song earlier well I read that it is noticeable globally at this time all countries are talking and referencing the beautiful bird song in the morning. And astrologers are saying that the universe is what they call rebooting at the moment. Therefore, for the first time in a long time, Mother Earth is able to just take a deep breath and it's getting a chance to reboot. Good wishes to uh, all. Thank you for that. That's lovely to think that that's what Mother Earth is doing at the moment because we do know there's less carbon emissions, there's very few planes in the sky, there's less cars on the road. So we certainly are giving Mother Nature a chance, which is we'll, we'll grasp at anything as a plus to the coronavirus and what we're going through at uh, the moment. So if you are an early riser, get out into the garden if you can and just listen to the bird song in the morning. And if you're not an early riser, can I suggest you set the alarm just a little bit earlier tomorrow morning so that you're able to hear it. It, it really is uh, fantastic. Now, the National, we've been hearing this all morning and it's all over the papers as well. The, the lockdown, it looks like it is going to be extended. And I think it's the reason that the Simon Harris is, and and the, those involved in the decision making, the likes of uh, Dr. Tony Houlihan, I think they're coming out and warning us in advance so that when we get the announcement on Friday, we're not going to be too disappointed. It does look like the lockdown will be extended for another two weeks for the ma- vast majority of people. Now, we'll have to wait for exactly what's going to happen until Friday. I'm assuming sometime Friday afternoon. We've got no time on that and it is again expected that the Taoiseach will address the nation on uh, TV. It's also expected that what will happen on Friday is that the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, will outline a roadmap for, list- for lifting social distancing regulations and restrictions 
and what the plan will be over the coming months. So rather than just saying this is what we're doing, everything is on lockdown, he'll be able to give us just some kind of a an idea in our head so that when you look at a calendar you can kind of think well it may be in another two weeks we'll be doing that and a month afterwards we will be able to do that. Uh, working restrictions are only expected to be lifted on May the 5th for those who work outdoors. Now who are they? They are obviously the people working on the construction sites but it's it's been spoken about now that gardeners and landscapers will be included in that as well and that's interesting because later on today we're going to hear from a gardener who really wants to get that out there on the agenda and get people talking about the fact that gardeners should be allowed to go back to work and I have to say I 100% agree with this one because we've had calls in from people who say they contacted their gardener to come and cut their grass somebody who you know cuts their grass all year round uh, for them we're when this lockdown started we were just kind of at the start of the grass cutting season some people might have been lucky enough to have got the gardener in and had the garden cut others might not and there's great grass growth there at the moment and people who are at home because they've been temporarily laid off I'd say grass has never been cut so much in people's homes I mean there isn't a day or an evening that I don't get the smell of freshly cut grass in my own neighbourhood and you can hear that the sound of the lawnmowers all over the place which is because people have more time in their hands hands. but what if you are an elderly person and you're looking out at your grass and the grass is just getting higher and higher and it's almost becoming like a meadow and I mean this is at a time when older people are cocooning when we want them to get out in the garden to get a little bit of fresh air and some may not be able to because the grass has simply gone too long so I do see a real case for why gardeners should be allowed to go back to work after May the 5th and certainly they can socially distance. Nobody has to be anywhere near them. They can ring the person in advance say I'm arriving at 2 o'clock on Tuesday and I'll have your grass cut. You know they don't even need to have payment. They can you know do payment out through a window. They can leave it in an envelope somewhere. There's lots of ways you can get around it. You really don't need to be in any contact with anyone who perhaps is uh, cocooning. And on those who are cocooning, the over 70s, it is expected that they will be allowed to get out of their houses to exercise once a day. Now, it's expected that what will be said to the older people that they will make if they are opting to go out. Now, not all people over 70 will opt to go out. Some people are quite happy to stay indoors and cocoon and look after themselves. But there are others who are desperate to get out of the the four walls in which they live. So it's expected that over 70s will be allowed to go out to exercise once a day as long as they take social distancing precautions. So they will be told, you know, don't go for a walk and go through a very busy shopping centre. Don't go to a park where there's a lot of people around. Make sure that the time of the day that you pick and where you go, that you're not going to meet a lot of people. And if, you know, if there are people, make sure that you are the two metres away from them. The travel ban, the two kilometres that the rest of us are living on, that's expected to be extended beyond two kilometres, but they're not saying by how much. I mean, I already see somebody has sent in a, a WhatsApp saying that, you know, they'd love to go and meet up with their family in Dublin. They're from Dublin, living here in Cork. I can't see you being allowed to travel as far as Dublin. Earlier in the week, they were talking about extending the ban maybe beyond two kilometres to say five kilometres, maybe even 10 kilometres. But I can't see them allowing people to travel from Cork to Dublin uh, to visit a family. And I do understand your pain. I haven't been home to see any of my family in Clonmel either. And that's, you know, much less distance than it is to Dublin. And I don't expect to get to be getting to see them anytime soon. But that's where... 
where FaceTiming is and Zoom is coming in and it's it's great just to have a chat with people and to see their faces as well is, is always fantastic. Now, the um, National Public Health Emergency Team, NEFIT, they are meeting tomorrow morning. Um, I thought it was this morning, it's tomorrow morning. OK, they're going to meet tomorrow morning and they're also again expected to meet on Friday morning. And at those two meetings, they're going to discuss this step-by-step plan for easing social distancing rules and they'll do it over the coming months. So they'll give us some kind of a breakdown of how long more we can expect to be in this uh, phase. And as they say, it is the Taoiseach and the Health Minister, Simon Harris, will be expected to announce the uh, details of the lifting of the restrictions but it will be done in phases. They will say, this is what's expected that they're going to say, that the phases, they they will say that to move between the phases, key targets on limiting the spread of the infection, they're all going to have to be achieved. The first phase will see this very small changes to the lockdown rules. That's expected to be announced on Friday. And then if the targets are met, I'm assuming over the next two week period, then they'll move to the second stage. That will see more people going back to work That will also see travel restrictions being uh, eased. Um, And in in that second phase, it's expected employees who can safely maintain a two metre distance from colleagues, they will be allowed to return to work. That could include fast food chains reopening, but it's expected it'll only be as a takeaway service. That then should bring us up to around early June, which is when they say the third phase will be likely to kick in. And that will see low levels of interaction with colleagues and more people returning uh, to work. But it seems they will say to people, if you can work remotely and working remotely is working quite well for a number of people, it's expected businesses will be asked if you can keep your employees at home and everything is going according to plan, then people will be asked to remain working at home until at least uh, September. There is significant concern within the government and within with Neffet that once the restrictions are lifted there will be a second wave of COVID-19 and that's exactly what we don't want. The capacity of the intensive care units to handle a surge in patients presenting with a virus is also obviously a key concern. It's not an issue at the moment because we've managed to flatten the curve and I would just hate that we would all sort of rush back to get in too quickly. The second wave would arrive that would be worse and we wouldn't be flattening the curve the curve would actually increase and suddenly we would see everything that we worried about and that the intensive care units wouldn't be able to deal with the capacity and those awful awful images that we saw coming out of Italy and that we saw coming out of Spain thankfully that hasn't happened here we never want it to happen here and that's that continues to be my fear with a second wave now the health health authorities though are acknowledging that patience is wearing a little bit thin when it comes to the wider general public with the COVID-19 lockdown and there is now visible public apathy. A number of people now are starting to break the rules because people are just getting sick of it. We had weekend reports, we spoke about it yesterday, of members of the public just completely breaking all of the guidelines. There was talks of street parties, there was house parties, there was a number of social gatherings uh, reported. And Dr Tony Houlihan came out yesterday about it and while he said he accepted that people may be getting frustrated, he's, he's making the point again that much work remains to be done in order that we can improve the rate of trend transmission of the virus in the community we need to keep at it now yesterday there was further deaths there was 18 uh, deaths that brings now we've gone 
1,102 deaths have now sadly been reported in this country. There was also an extra 386 new cases from the disease and that brings us now to confirmed cases. We're just under the 20,000 mark for positive cases of COVID-19. And of course, as we, as I mentioned earlier with Simon, the Gardaí today launching massive crackdown on movement that's ahead of the bank holiday weekend operation FANUC. Once again, sees this extensive network of checkpoints established right across the country. It's to ensure public compliance with the COVID-19 travel restrictions that are currently in place, the ones that remain in place until May the 5th. It started this morning at 7am and it remains until next uh, Monday night. There are large-scale checkpoints on many main roads but there's also going to be thousands of mobile checkpoints and they're going to put those mobile checkpoints out onto secondary roads and around towns and villages and obviously they're going to target areas uh, where tourists have a tendency to congregate and I know I was reading a piece yesterday that West Cork is an area in particular that they're worried that a number of people might decide to go back to holiday homes or you might have people heading to the beautiful beaches that are around West Cork so they really are going to look at targeting those areas and Wexford I know is another area in Galway uh, they're looking at to put higher number of checkpoints. So high visibility guard the patrols will also be at all of the major tourist locations. They'll be at the parks, they'll be at the natural beauty spots. You'll have them out on the beaches just trying to make sure that people are complying with the restrictions. And they te- the Gardaí tell us at any one time more than two and a half thousand Gardaí will be involved in checkpoints our high visibility patrolling. So if you are thinking or breaking any of the rules or going certainly outside of the two kilometre rule, you are very, very likely this weekend to come across at least one, if not more than one, guard the checkpoints. And, gar- and car journeys have increased. Now, they say by as much as 18% on some roads and that was during this, the month of April. And that, of course, is when you look at uh, results to research like this, it shows that more people are resisting the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. Now, where is this information coming from? It's an an analysis of information from Transport Infrastructure Ireland, the TII, and it shows that traffic census points all over the country has seen volumes of private car journeys slowly, slowly, slowly creep up as the month of April moves on. Some of the TII They monitor traffic volumes at 350 locations right across the country. Now, it's recorded on a constant live basis and then it's broken down into the vehicle type and the direction of the traffic. While there was a massive drop in traffic volumes when the Taoiseach announced the lockdown measures on the 27th of uh, March. And where are we today? The 27th of April. That's a month ago uh, already. The numbers of cars on the country roads have been creeping up uh, up as time has moved on. So based on TII data on the volume of private cars on the sample roads every Thursday in April, the Irish Independent today found that between April the 2nd and April the 23rd, the largest increases in traffic volume was seen in Dublin. And that's where traffic jumped by 18%. Closer to home here in Cork, the section between the Jack Lynch Tunnel and the Mahan Junction on the South Ring Road, 
that saw car volumes rise by 12% in a road in Galway on the N84 traffic was up by 9% so certainly indications that people have decided I've had enough and I'm heading out and so the big push is on now as we head into this last week of the current restrictions for everyone to please, please, please abide by the rules and stay home. Some of your texts coming into the programme. Hi, just listening to the reports of an increase in COVID-19 cases in the border counties here in the Republic of Ireland for the most part. We have been very good at sticking to the rules. Yeah, you're right, the majority of us uh, have. But, says this texter, you have people coming into the country crossing over the border are on ferries. Northern Ireland and the UK have very different rules to what we have here. Our life is miserable and these people can come and go as they like. And I know that, thank you for your text, I know that TDs from the border counties have actually called for the legislation imposing restriction on movement to be amended to ensure that they apply to everyone, including people who are day visitors from outside the state. And this would be people who would be crossing the border from the north uh, coming south. And the Department of Health has acknowledged that the uh, regulation restricting movement does not apply to day trippers. Now, the department said Northern Ireland residents, though, they're bound by the same two kilometre restriction on movement in the north as those in the public. So it should mean that anyone who crosses the border can only be within two kilometres of their home. But, you know, some people are saying that that's not the case. People are simply uh, crossing uh, the border. And the Gardaí say they do not have the powers to enforce restrictions on day trippers from the north or indeed anyone from uh, from outside the state if on the few flights that are coming into the country. If somebody's coming in for a day and getting in and out in a day, they can't restrict their movements because the legislation that was passed by the Oireachtas applies to residents of the public, Republic and only applies to visitors if they're staying overnight in a holiday home or other accommodation. So people come here and decide to come on holidays for two weeks, even though nobody's coming on holidays at the moment, then they could say to them, you've got to remain. And of course, one of the new restrictions is going to be people coming into this country are going to have to go into isolation uh, for two weeks anyway. So they, But they would have to be staying overnight, whereas people who are coming over the border are what's seen as day trippers. And if the Gardaí stop them, they have absolutely no powers at all. And, you know, you would have to be worried for the people who live along the border because I couldn't get over some of the figures that are coming out from the border counties. If you look at County Cavan, for example, County Cavan has the highest incident of COVID-19 in the Republic. It's even higher than Dublin when you do it per head of, of population. They give the figure that in Cavan, 753 per 1,000, per 100,000 of the population, whereas in Dublin, where we know we have the biggest number of cases of COVID-19, it's 684 per 100,000 and Monaghan and Louth aren't tracking far behind either so you know you'd feel for people inside in the border counties so whether that's going to be looked at again or not because certainly the border county TDs are calling for the legislation to be put in place so, they, so that the Gardaí can restrict the movements of people coming across uh, the border. Uh, hi Patricia I'm in the over 70s this is from Con. Uh, I call it locked in, not cocooning that's what I'm calling it from now on says, Don, says Con, who I'm assuming is getting very very frustrated indeed where well, you will be happy if they do lift that restriction on Friday and allow you to get out and about and at least have some exercise uh, every day and somebody else says nothing at all should be told, they shouldn't be leaking any of the information 
speculation of possibly what they're going to do with lifting the restrictions because it's building up people's hopes. You're better not, not knowing until the announcement is made on Friday. Stay safe, says this texter. But I have a feeling listening to Leo Varadkar speaking and listening to Simon Harris speaking, I have a feeling that they're coming out and warning people that all of the restrictions won't be won't be lifted and there will be very few of them lifted uh, I think because they are fearful that people's hopes have been built up too much and then we get to Friday when they're not able to lift the restrictions that I think they're afraid that people will just bolt and say oh I've had enough of this and then they'll, they'll just breach the guidelines that are in place at the moment that would be my uh, thinking on it and some a Cork City listener says Patricia t- tell your listeners don't be so quick to cut the grass leave the dandelions there for the bees and can I just say and I don't know again if I'm just starting to notice nature a little bit more. Is it my imagination or are there more dandelions than ever before? And I've noticed it in my own garden. As soon as I had the grass cut, the first thing to start growing back was dandelions. And then I started looking at other gardens and now I'm obsessed whenever I'm out and about. I'm looking at people's gardens to see how many dandelions are there. And is is it just me or are there more dandelions than ever? And you are right, dandelions are really really good for the bee population and we've got to do everything that we can for the bee population so maybe we shouldn't be cutting the grass as much and just one final text Hi Trish will we be getting the money paid in June this is for the respite grant as I get my oil out of it uh, every year yeah there's we've got onto the HSE nothing to indicate that there's going to be any change to the respite grant it's called the carers support grant it's 1,700 euro it's paid out in June and it it is going to be paid as it is always paid by on the first Thursday in June. So nothing to indicate that it is not going to be paid. That's the respite uh, grant. And if you are using it to buy oil, uh, you'll have some good news there because the price of oil has certainly come down. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Now, the sale of takeaway alcohol in recent weeks is almost 40% higher than it was in the same period last week. That's according to figures released last week. Some have called for the closure of off-licences during the pandemic crisis, but Alcohol Action Ireland has a very different view and its Head of Communications, Ewan McKinney, uh, joins me. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, and How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, you are against a total close-down of, of off-licence sales but you do feel there should be some restrictions in place. Tell me more. Yeah, I think the any idea that you would you would consider closing the. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic crisis, obviously the government 
determined and the National Health uh, Public Emergency Team determined that alcohol sales were seen as an essential service. Um, now, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that, but I can certainly see merit in, you know, uh, retaining sales of alcohol because obviously we have 7-8% of our drinking population who are dependent. We have nearly over 50% of our drinking population who have a harmful relationship with alcohol. So just to cut that off would be, I think, have deeply unintended consequences. So our view really has evolved over the last four to five weeks. And we know from the Nielsen data that you referred to earlier that we, we can see that over the, la- over the five weeks period up to the 12th of April, there has been 42% increase in off-trade sales. So that's your supermarkets, your convenience stores, your off-licenses. Um, and what that really is indicative is that we, as a drinking population, we have essentially replaced all the alcohol which we would normally consume in pubs, uh, pretty much brought it into our homes. And I think that the difficulty with that is that we undoubtedly are living in very stressful times and family units are under great pressure, many, you know, because of alcohol um, misuse. And the, the idea of this level of alcohol now coming into homes is deeply troubling. So I, we would be of the view that perhaps were this to continue, certainly consideration should be given to restrictions, uh, perhaps, you know, to limit the availability by, you know, amending the opening hours or indeed, as in other countries where they have restricted the sales uh, to... What, that you don't, you'd only be allowed to buy so much at any one time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some it, level of quantities, uh, restrictions. But if people are just switching what they normally would have, you know, maybe had four or five pints on a Saturday, and yeah. if they're just having the equivalent at home, is, is that OK? I mean... Well, no, because, I mean, what, what we know from, from previous studies, you know, but done... Uh, in relation to the alcohol service diet. When people drink at home, what they tend to do is they tend to drink in a very risky fashion. They tend to drink, you know, uh, with unfettered, uh, unrestricted access to alcohol. They tend to be free-flowing measures. Uh, We don't seem, we don't have the same restrictions put on us as we would in in a licensed premises. And that's one of the benefits of the licensed premises in relation to alcohol is that at least it does at many levels, you know, it has a curb on the on the quantity, but it also has somebody serving you the the the, the alcohol, who in itself has a responsibility under law to ensure that you're not doing any danger to yourself. So obviously, if you're bringing all that level of alcohol into your home, you know, you we, we know from as I say from 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 surveys that people tend not to restrict restrict themselves. And, and because people that, are more stre- people they're, are more stressed. People are undoubtedly stressed and the whole point about alcohol is that there be there is no comfort in alcohol at all because alcohol is in itself sadly a depressant. It will you know, it may provide a very temporary knock out, you know, in the context of trying to deal with the cope coping with the stress of, of many of the issues that we have. But in actual fact, what it will do is it will only heighten your anxiety. It will deepen your depression and it will certainly heighten and increase our irritability. Tim, uh, Timothy, one of our listeners, what is Ewan's view on the sale of alcohol in supermarkets? Timothy feels we should go back to the days when drink was only available at an off licence. 
Yeah, well, unfortunately, that genie is very much out of the bottle. Um, excuse the pun. I mean, I, I understand precisely where he's coming from or where you're coming from. We can't restrict those levels of sales within supermarkets because the law is 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 fashioned in that way. And if you take those rights away from people, well, you'll find yourself in the high court very quickly in relation to people's rights. Um, so what we need to do in relation to supermarkets is what is contained largely within the Public Health Alcohol Act, which we have spoke about before. Many times. Which, which, ha- which hasn't been implemented yet, but we will see some elements of it been implemented shortly, and they would revolve around issues around the the visibility of alcohol. In other words, in supermarkets, it'll have to be structured off. It'll have to have some sort of degree of separation. Also, the idea of bringing in minimum unit pricing would significantly transform the availability of the cheap, strong alcohol in supermarkets. Um, So these sort of measures over a period of time will make an impact um, on relation to where alcohol has been sold, you know. Okay, another listener says the only reason that there has been an increase in off licence sales is because people are buying alcohol because the pubs are closed. I don't believe people are drinking anymore. We only have a drink a few times a week and then it's just a glass. Anyway, people need some pleasure in their lives. Are you going to stop us buying chocolate next? Mm. I think that listener's right. I mean, I, I didn't say that people were drinking more. What I think people are doing are drinking in a manner that is less safe and I think what we're concerned about more to the point is the harms to others like in our normal advocacy work we talk about 200,000 children living in homes every day and this is the reality every day with where parental alcohol misuse is the source of frequent stress and trauma to those kids so what do we think bring an additional 40% alcohol into those homes around the country is going to do to those children or indeed to others in those family units. Like even yesterday we saw somewhat related the a 20% spike in domestic violence. Um, like we know there's a correlation between alcohol in homes and domestic violence. Um, so like there, there are real tangible difficulties involved with bringing that level of alcohol into the home. And what we're saying is, of course, people are, are turning to alcohol. We, you know, Traditionally, we have always turned to alcohol at a time of stress, whether it be a funeral or bereavement or, you know, traditionally, that's what we have always done. And that's perfectly understandable. And there's nothing wrong with having a drink. There's nothing wrong with, you know, continuing to drink at a very low-risk fashion. The difficulty is, as I say, with for the sake of repeating myself, is when you bring in that additional level of alcohol and you'd reflect on the the pressure that it's bringing on the family unit across the country, I think we have a, we have a, a problem here. Okay, so your advice, obviously, uh, for as you say, you're not saying to people you don't want them to have an odd uh, drink or a glass of wine with their dinner. Uh, it's to stick to the weekly guidelines when it comes to our alcohol consumption. Exactly. So, like, we've, we have entrusted our, our our well-being to the Department of Health and the HSE to manage us through this COVID-19 epidemic uh, and they've been doing a terrific job and the same people have a view in relation to alcohol especially during COVID-19 and they're available on the COVID-19 website they're available on askaboutalcohol.ie and it's important for people to remember that the HSE continues to provide help 
for people. You know, there's a 1-800-459-459 helpline available to people if they think they have some difficulties with alcohol. So those services and that advice is there. And we would say to people is just be mindful that this is there is no solution to be had. There's little comfort to be had in alcohol. And that really we should try to step back and go back to where we were in relation to managing our drinking in a low-risk engagement way. Okay, okay. And uh, just before I let you go, uh, Ewan, uh, I was saddened uh, a couple of weeks ago to hear of the death of, of Nora Gibbons. I would have interviewed Nora many, many occasions yeah. over the years. And of course, she she had been a director, I'd forgotten that, a director and chair with your... She was. God, she was a terrific woman. Great woman. You know, her energy was and her absolute passion for children um, and, and the inequality that children were suffering from. And indeed, some of the work that we're now doing in, in Silent Voices and trying to highlight those 200,000 children we spoke about earlier is a direct legacy of Nora's work. Um, so we're, we're deeply saddened by Nora's passing and you know she has left a very very big legacy for absolutely. us all Absolutely particularly as you say for, for the children of Ireland uh, Listen Ewan thank you for that stay thanks, safe Patricia. and Be thanks safe. for joining us uh, bye bye that is uh, Ewan McKinney who is the Head of Communications with Alcohol Action uh, Ireland uh, somebody says what is that man talking about bad enough to be locked indoors is that man saying that we shouldn't be drinking at home no in fairness he's not saying we shouldn't be drinking at home but it's just the amount that we are drinking at home is what he is worried about. 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Court today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Make C103 part of your drive home with up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7 on C103. And Megan, one of our listeners, has contacted us through our Facebook page and this is to do with people who are just not sticking to the restrictions and there will always be people, let's be honest, we've, since the lockdown has began, we've spoken about the majority of us will abide by the rules and the regulations and the restrictions are put in place. We know why we're doing it. We mightn't be happy doing it. Uh, it might be getting to us all. We know a lot of older people really don't want to be cocooning, but they know that they have to cocoon for their own uh, safety. The general population, we know we go to the shops for the absolute essentials. You do your bit of exercise and you get home and you stay home. And, you know, the majority of us are doing it. But there will always be people who will just give the two fingers to society and say to hell, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. So with that in mind, Megan contacted us to say, just to prove how idiotic some people can be. Megan said, a girl I went to school with has posted up videos and photographs all over her Snapchat of her and her family hosting a party, uh, which is evident that they have plenty of people at the party when you look at all the photographs and videos that she posted online. They can be seen eating and drinking and in the photo she's captioned it F Corona. Megan says, myself and plenty of my friends have cancelled our birthday plans. We are staying at home. We're only making essential trips to the shops or to solely use the ATM to take our rent money out, etc. She's the same age as us. We're all 
19 or 20. The behaviour is ridiculous out of some uh, people. And isn't that, I mean, and that's the younger age group, 19, 20 year old. And isn't it interesting, even within that age group, you can have a divide, you can have people seeing why the restrictions are needed, why they're necessary and then you'll see another cohort of them saying, no, I don't agree with it at all. And it's the same if you look at the other end of the age group, the other end of the spectrum, those over 70s who've been told to stay indoors again. The majority of them are doing it. The majority are abiding by the rules and they're having their shopping delivered and they're staying out of contact. You know, they're not physically meeting up with anyone. But you will have older people who from the day cocooning was introduced have said, no, I don't agree with that. I mean, every time I'm out, I certainly can say I've never been out where I haven't seen somebody who's well over the age of 70 who should be at home cocooning and who are basically decided, no, I'm not going to do it. So it's across all age groups and there's not a lot that we can do about it except, I suppose, keep pressing home the message that it's been done for all of our sakes and it's been done to keep us all safe, but in particular to keep those who are in the at-risk group like the over 70s and like people who have underlying health conditions. So like when you when you listen to somebody like I interviewed yesterday, the wonderful, you know, Johnny Hannon, who straight out said, you know, he suffers from alpha one, which means he's got a genetic form of emphysemia. Obviously, it's his lungs are affected. He knows he would not survive COVID-19. If COVID-19 comes knocking on his doorstep, he's a goner and he knows that and his family know that. So like for him to be cocooning and staying safe and it's important that all of us play by the rules so that we can get rid of the coronavirus, get it out of the community and at least push it back long enough until we get a vaccine in place so that we can protect the likes of people like uh, Johnny Hannon. And there's many, many more uh, along with all of the people that are over 70s that we want to protect and we want them around for many, many more years uh, to come. Michael says, good morning, Patricia. Anyone who thinks that everything is going to be okay come next Monday morning and that everything will be back to normal for Tuesday, May the 5th, they're sadly living on another planet. Sadly, it appears we're fighting two pandemics in this country at the moment. We're fighting COVID-19 and stupidity. Sadly, it must be said, there'll never be a vaccine found for the second one. Stupidity. Thanking you. And that's from Michael in uh, Castletown there. Thank you. That made me smile. Uh, 1850-333-103. Somebody else says there are people over the age of uh, 70 out and about driving in West Cork. They have never, from day one, abided by the rules of uh, cocooning. And Mary, who's from West Cork, says people are still dying. We should not be lifting any of these restrictions. If Mary had her way she'd keep it as uh, is. We had calls and texts in yesterday from Virgin Media customers because there was a problem with their broadband uh, connection but the good news is that Virgin Media have been back on to us to say the broadband connection issues have been resolved and Virgin apologised after thousands of their customers were left without any internet yesterday and for those on lockdown and housebound and children out of school and to have no broadband I imagine uh, that caused problems in some households yesterday but good to know that whatever the problem don't know what the problem or the issue was but it has been sorted and Virgin apologising to all of their customers and just also to update you on an oil spill that happened in Bantry 
We got on to Cork County Council about this because we had some calls in yesterday and they confirmed that they did receive a report of the incident over the weekend and they understand that the Coast Guard was on site yesterday to investigate the matter. It's believed that the oil or the diesel spill may have come from a boat and the boat has since moved out of Bantry Harbour. The slick went out with the tide and there was no uh, visible evidence uh, later on in the day. So that has all been sorted out because I did see some posts on Facebook where you could just see the oil the slick on the on the top of the shore but it's good to know that it's gone out with uh, the tide so thank you to Cork County Council for updating us on that Okay we need to take a break we have news at 11 on uh, the way in the next hour we are going to speak with a gardener who's very much calling for the lifting of restrictions to allow gardeners and landscapers get back to work and there's an urgent need a lot of people looking for the work and assistance of gardeners so uh, we'll talk about that and we're also going to hear about a group of I'm saying women but Maybe there's some men involved. These are people who are very handy and they've got a sewing machine at home and they're making these wonderful face masks for healthcare workers. We'll find out more about that all coming up after news at 11. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Doctors can save hundreds of lives during this pandemic, but you can save thousands. We are making a massive national effort, and yes, it is going to take us longer. But the hard days you've already put in are putting us in a much better place than we had feared. And hard days for a bit longer are so worth it for better days ahead. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Leah Corkery, after we spoke with her yesterday, uh, Leah, of course, has been living in a shack that has been built to replicate what it is like for the people that live in the townships, in the shacks in Cape Town. For the and she's used it as a fundraiser for the Nile Mellon uh, Educate uh, Foundation. And uh, we spoke with her wonderful, wonderful uh, young girl who's been out to Nile Mellon along with her dad and her uncle. And she, it's one of those things she got involved. And she has got so involved in the charity that she's been doing lots of fundraising work for them since. Remember, we spoke with them when she did the teddy bear appeal to give all the little children a teddy bear uh, each. And obviously, with everything that's going on with COVID-19, the schools are closed in South Africa. And of course, the majority of those children, when they go to school, they get fed when they're in school. So if the school closes, it means they don't have school dinners. It means they don't get fed. So there's a big campaign underway by Nile Menem to get food parcels out to the children who are no longer in school. So that's why Leah decided to do a little bit of a fundraiser and she's been living in a shack not the easiest thing to live in and we, we were able to watch her on screen yesterday and today is her last day and she set a target of 10,000 and by the time we got to talk with her yesterday she'd already reached that uh, 10,000 euro terrific it's just I just think the the imagination that people uh, the imaginative things that people are coming up with to raise funds is absolutely fantastic and I just thought Leah's one was, was particularly good so well done and not an easy thing to do to live in a shack for a week she was lucky that the weather was kind to her continue good luck on your final day Leah and I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the song 1850 333 103 now yesterday also on the programme 
Actually, I kicked off the programme by speaking with Eugene Scally, the owner of Scally Supervalue in Clonakilty. And we'd invited Eugene onto the programme because we picked up on a Facebook post that he put up over the weekend. And he told us yesterday that he's just emotionally exhausted and that when he went home on Friday night, he felt so emotionally exhausted after all of the episodes of customers abusing members of his staff. And and staff are getting abused because they're, they're asking the customers to adhere to social distancing rules within the shop. Now he said it's a small minority of people but when you get enough even in a small minority it just eventually gets to you. So he decided to put this really strong Facebook post together. He went up over the weekend and as he said to us yesterday he couldn't get over the reaction he got not just locally but from all over the country from all other super value stores and small convenience stores and butchers shops and people saying yeah they've noticed that there are a cohort of people who think it is quite okay to go in and to abuse workers who really are part of our frontline services because they are keeping the country going. They are keeping us fed and uh, making sure that we can live as normal a life as possible during the pandemic. So it's really, really unfair to think that any of them would be uh, would be abused. And I know after we spoke with Eugene, he got picked up a number. He spoke, heard him speaking on a number of other radio stations uh, yesterday. And I see this piece is in the paper. Noel Baker has a piece uh, with Eugene in the Examiner uh, today. And the trade union, which represents retail workers, that's a mandate they say they're also receiving reports of abuse from their members, from from their members saying that they're being abused by members of, of the public since the COVID-19 outbreak. A spokesperson for Mandate said that in one incident, and this is particularly shocking, two workers who were originally from Mongolia but living and working in this country were spat at inside in a shop because the assailant believed that they were from China. And even if they were from China, why would you spit at somebody. Just uh, shocking. The spokesperson said, this is from Mandate, that a number of retail workers are now actually ringing in sick due to stress or because they're cocooning, which places greater pressure then on those who are able to turn up uh, to work. And then towards the close of the programme yesterday and just didn't get a chance to get it. We had this message in from a listener in I think it's in North Cork. Is it, do they say where they're from? Maybe they don't say where they're from. Uh, to say, hi Patricia, I, workers in health retail in West Cork sorry, some West Cork uh, recently both at a doctor's surgery and at a pharmacy got abuse on Facebook from a customer. And this customer was being looked after very, very well. There was no need for it. We were doing our very best explaining to them the new restrictions and the procedures were in place and then getting their prescriptions uh, her prescriptions ready for her Um, and then she decided because she wasn't happy with the service she received she went to Facebook and went public giving out about this particular pharmacy and also her GP uh, practice and then to make it worse there was other people agreeing with her and this worker said it sickens us as staff we are on the front line and we are doing our very very best these people are the small minority this time with the corona virus pandemic is certainly showing the true colours of some people. We ask we ask you please cop on and respect these frontline workers. It's just, it's awful. It's just really, really awful. People just need to be kind. Just that's all, you know. 
when you're out and about, be kind and be aware of the people that are going to work. Many of them, you don't know what's going on in their own homes. They could have a very vulnerable person that they're living with and they're terrified every day that they go to work, that they're going to bring coronavirus back into their homes. So we just, we all just need to be a little bit kind. And while everything is taking a little bit longer, I accept that. You know, when you go to the shops, you may have to queue up outside the supermarket. And then when you get into the supermarket or the shop, they may not have everything that you're looking for. But it's just, it's our new normal at the moment and we just have to get used to it because I have a feeling this new normal is going to be with us for quite some time to come and we're just going to have to put up with it and that's just the way it is. Okay, on off-licence, and we were talking about this in the last hour with Ewan McKinney of Alcohol Action Ireland. They're just concerned about the amount of alcohol that's been purchased. A lot of people would say, look, the only reason that it's gone up by 40% is people are not drinking in pubs, so they're buying drink to drink at home. But and for and again it's going to be the majority of people just have their few drinks maybe on the Friday or the Saturday night people aren't going to be abusing it but Alcohol Action Ireland who work as a charity who know about alcohol abuse they're just fearful that some people will start abusing alcohol or people who are under pressure because of the pandemic may turn to drink think that's going to solve their problems so oh, I'll get a better night's sleep if I have a bottle of wine you won't you won't get a good night's sleep and then you wake up the next day the pandemic is still here and you probably have a hangover Angeline Canturk says we should leave the drink to the pubs it was a very sad day when the government of this of this country allowed supermarkets to start selling drink alcohol has split up many many families also said Angela look at the amount of stabbings all because of home drinking in bars people go out and they socialize and they're able to drink so many drinks and it is almost supervised in that you have a bar person serving the drink and if they see somebody's had a little bit too much they'll move them on and just won't give them any more drink whereas whereas when you're at home there's nobody supervising the amount of drink somebody is uh, drinking and then people simply don't know when to stop says Angela Angela feels we've never seen the level of stabbings that has been going on and she thinks a lot of that is down to home drinking and that we need to take a look at the amount of alcohol that it's sold off licence and that we should just leave it to the pubs and someone else has an interesting point saying in Sweden and I didn't know this, alcohol under 3% volume, which is very low alcohol, is the only alcohol that's allowed to be sold in supermarkets. There are government run off licences and that's the only place where you can buy alcohol outside of a pub that is the stronger alcohol, like any of your spirits, any of your wines, any of your stronger beers. You can only get those in the off licences and they're government uh, run. We should try that, says this texture. The gentleman that was on your programme from Alcohol Action Ireland says we would end up in the courts if we tried to introduce something like that. Well, if you said you could close down the entire country because of a virus, you would have been told, actually, you can't do that. And yes, we can. If it's good for the people and good for the people's health, and not for the profit line of supermarkets, filling stations and off licences, then maybe it's good for our general health. Maybe it is something that we really do need to uh, look at. Thank you for that text. Somebody else says, that man, Ewan McKinney of Alcohol Action Ireland, is right in what he's talking about with alcohol abuse. It is also one of the reasons why so many marriages are breaking down at the moment is because too many people are drinking at home and they are simply drinking too much. And someone else is um, referencing the or referencing alcohol and this is to do with 
the Austra- there's a press report out of Australia I've referenced C103 on my Facebook uh, account okay I'm going to have to look for that but also talking about what Sweden has done in the pandemic with reference to alcohol being available through the supermarkets after a certain time of day when this is at, this is in Sweden when the state stores for the for the fuller strength alcohol are closed and then when you go to the general store you can only buy the one that is uh, 3%. I must take a look at that and uh, find out more about it. I didn't realise that that's what is going on in Sweden but according to a number of listeners it uh, is. Okay, on dandelions, I am not on my own when I've been seeing all of the dandelions. I just suddenly started noticing this over the over the weekend and, so, and Frank in Formoy this morning Patricia yes the dandelions do seem to be taking advantage of the lockdown here in Formoy as well they're everywhere no sooner is your grass cut and and you know, as you said their dandelions are back up big bright yellow colours the next morning it seems like good old mother nature is waving her magic wand to help replenish our dwindling bee uh, numbers and even the morning air, says Frank, seems to be a lot fresher now since the lockdown. Keep up the good work, keeping us informed and up to date during the pandemic. Kind regards. Thank you, Frank. That's uh, Frank in Formoy. So, yeah, maybe we should just leave the dandelions because the dandelions are important for the bees. Because I know whenever a question comes in to Peter Dowdell, our gardener on a Wednesday, about dandelions, he always says, can you just grow to love the dandelions? Because I know Peter is dead against spraying any kind of weed killers. I know daisies, for example. I, I have daisies on my lawn and that doesn't bother me at all. Now, I know some gardeners absolutely hate daisies or dandelions but maybe we just I've certainly grown to love the the daisies maybe I need to start growing to love uh, the dandelions and just when they do pop up their lovely yellow heads leave them for a few days before you need to cut the grass because they are there and they are good for the bee population. 1850 Hello can you or any of your listeners tell me chimney sweeps are they allowed to work are they considered to be a non-essential service? My chimney needs to be swept, thanking you. I haven't seen chimney sweeps on the list of essential services, so therefore I would think they are non-essential. But I'm wondering if you had an emergency, would you be able to do, get a call out? What I would suggest you do is, now, see, I don't know if it's when you say your chimney needs to be swept, is it an emergency that your chimney needs to be swept and that maybe you've had a, a chimney fire? Or is it just that you always get it done at this time of year and if it's the case that you always get it done at this time of year and you've had it done last year could you hold out for another few weeks months maybe until we have more lifting of the restrictions and then chimney sweeps will be allowed to go back to work but if it's an emergency I would suggest to you that you contact the chimney sweep that normally comes to your house and have a chat with the chimney sweep and they will be able to tell you that if in an emergency maybe maybe they are uh, allowed out but anyway we'll put it out there has anybody had their chimney swept are they allowed out under the current restrictions? 1850 Patricia, some people have the attitude that rules are made to be broken. Why are the Gardaí not constantly out on the roads, checking, checking all of the cars out on roads? It always seems pointless to me to warn the public that for the next week they're going to be checking and then they disappear into the next bank holiday. The Garda presence should be constant. And in fairness, it has been. I think there's probably, I haven't seen as many this week. There was a bit of an easing last week. First week of lockdown, I don't think a day went by where I wasn't stopped either going to or from work just asking what I was doing when I was able to show them my letter and then what I was coming to work and what I was doing that I was uh, waved on so certainly but last week 
it started to ease off and I mean we're only two days into this week I certainly wasn't stopped yesterday and I wasn't stopped this morning that that could change uh, this afternoon and there has been the, the number of drugs arrests and fines and that is certainly down to the checkpoints that are out and about. I suppose we don't have enough Gardaí is the problem just in defence of Angarda Siakona. We don't have enough Gardaí to have a constant presence out on the road and there's a big push at the moment and we know that the young Gardaí that were training inside in Temple Moor they, they've all come out of Temple Moor earlier than when the, they were due to to put extra Gardaí out on the beat. So they're doing the best they can with the resources that they have but certainly there's going to be there's a big push at the moment and the reason that they put all the publicity on it at the moment is to try to almost act as a ter- deterrent and warn people we will be out you will get caught in the hope that they'll get the message across to people not to travel don't try and go to the beaches don't try and go to any of the scenic areas unless it is within two kilometres of your home Uh, failing that you will get caught across this uh, weekend and John was on to us from Blackpool He's in Blackpool. Was he in Blackrock? He's in Blackpool. Say hi, Patricia. Uh, my partner passed away last uh, August. Sorry to hear that, John. And she's buried in St. Michael's Cemetery in Blackrock. I live in Blackpool. Am I allowed to go that far to visit the grave? Now, you obviously that's over two kilometres, so therefore, no, you have to remain within two kilometres and you're not on your own. There are many people. There were some very sad stories on Liveline uh, yesterday of people not being able to go to some graveyards because and again it depends on where you are what part of the country you're in and I'm assuming what part of the county you're in some graveyards are actually they've closed them completely so people can't get in to visit their loved ones graves at all and that must that's really really hard on some people and for others if it's outside of your two kilometres then no the restrictions are that you can't go further than your two kilometres so the only people visiting graves at the moment are people that can you know can walk within the two kilometres so unfortunately John no now maybe on Friday when there's going to be some slight lifting of the restrictions if they ease that two kilometre and you are allowed to go further than two kilometres from your home then maybe you'll be okay but at the moment no if it's beyond two kilometres then you can't travel out outside of that 1850 and well done for abiding by the rules and regulations uh, John that's the way we will get out of this if we all stick to, if we all stick with it together uh, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 John Caulfield's Super Value that's in Riverview Shopping Centre in Bantam they are looking for online drivers you need to have a clean driver's licence and be flexible to work weekdays and on the weekends an industrial plumber is wanted for County Limerick the job will start in early May experience in working on large scale commercial projects are needed and two positions are available to join an existing agri-sales team that's in the North Cork area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. 
don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. We were talking about dandelions and the number of dandelions inside in uh, people's gardens and there just seems to be an explosion of dandelions at the moment. Column in Domamway says, and I don't know if this is predictive text uh, because I've never heard of this before. Somebody said, I've just, our column said, I've just made two semi-johns of dandelion wine, but I don't know if the semi-johns is predictive text uh, or not. But anyway, he's making dandelion wine. He said it's fermenting very nicely. Gorse, he said, also makes good wine. Oh, good on you. And that's some column in Dunmanway. Now, we have had quite a few calls in from people who were annoyed that the person who comes to cut their grass not allowed to do so during the current lockdown with gardeners told that they are not an essential service. Martin Buckley is in Boherbwee and he thinks that decision should be changed and he joins me. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning, Patricia. Now, have you not been able to do any of your work since lockdown? Uh, basically, no, no. Um, I when the when the the guidelines came out, I decided I'd follow them. Okay. And originally it was for two weeks, so I said two weeks to be fine, like you know. Yeah. And so I just left left to go for the two weeks and said I'd I'd hold tough and not go without it within stay within the two kilometer limit and just uh, brave it out, like you know. And would I be right in thinking that a lot of your customers are perhaps elderly and not able to cut the lawns themselves? Uh, yeah, I would feel would be, yeah. Yeah, I would feel would be. Yeah. Uh, I have some around um, Cantork and Mallow, so they're kind of the, the regional areas I'd be working out of. So uh, I'd have uh, elderly people and then I'd have people that um, would say aren't able, they wouldn't physically be able to do it themselves either, like, you know, so... And are your customers getting frustrated because their gardens are now becoming very overgrown? I've had a, I had a couple of calls there, right, last week, because um, um, you know they've been hearing about different people that have been doing it, like, and um, uh, last Wednesday the county councils were given permission to cut their cut their grass, and um, there has been some private people have been doing it as well. So you know that's where the confusion lies, I think. You know. But that was people just deciding to break the regulations. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I know, and I don't know if you were one of them, uh, Martin, but we had a number of gardeners and landscapers who rang their local gardie to say, is it okay for me to go out and work? And they were told, no, you're, you're not deemed an essential service, so therefore you shouldn't be going out to work. Yeah, I, I did ring the gardie myself on um, Sunday night. Yeah. And um, they said basically... Um, it was up to yourself, and uh, if the guards did stop you, some might say yes, and some might say no. Because it's not an essential service. It's not an essential service, and um, what could happen is that you could go to someone's garden, and a neighbour could ring the guards, and then you'd be sent home. So. Yeah, and the thing, um, the th- the thing which gets to me is, you know, when you're cutting grass, it's a, it's a, in the main, it's a one man job. You're certainly going to be able to social distance. You're not going to be near anyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had I had been implementing rules myself up to the lockdown because you know um, they brought in the social distancing and all that yeah. the previous three or four weeks. So I had been working that myself, and I had found I was working quite well. You know. What were you doing? Um, well, I 
I used, I used to do was um, people used to talk out through windows to me and, that, okay. and I'd ring people on the phone and I was having very little uh, interaction with anyone, like, you know. Yeah, so you'd contact your customer, I'm going to be there at two o'clock and then you just arrive, you wouldn't need to talk to them, you know what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, and um, then if I need to talk to them, I'd talk to them on the phone or some, sometimes I had talked out through a window, they talked out through windows to me but keeping the distance as well, like, you know. Yeah, and that would be important if they were cocooning and you, they needed to keep away from, from everyone. So the, the, the rumour at the moment, Martin... Yeah. And the rumblings at the moment are that gardeners and landscapers are going to be one of the first to go back to work. So you're obviously happy to hear that. Yeah, 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 I am, yeah, yeah. But I suppose, from my point of view, I want to hear someone say it, like, you know what I mean? Cause oh, yeah, yeah, you can't do anything until the announcement is made. I mean, it's expected to be announced on Friday and then it will be after May the 5th. So it will be the earliest would be next Tuesday. Yeah. You'll be, yeah. be another week. And yeah. is that your main source of income, Martin? Um, well, it is, yeah, because uh, I am, uh, yeah, I do, well, not only grass cutting, I do other jobs as well, so, but grass cutting would be kind of maybe up to half my work, like, you know, so. Particularly at this time of year. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, and when the guidelines came in first, we'll say around Patrick's Day, it would have been, you know, when it really gets going big yeah. time, like, you know what I mean, so. But I suppose we're looking away that it's not another two or three weeks down the line, because things could be a lot messier, like, you know. But even now, I mean, please God, if you do get to go back out and start cutting grasses on Tuesday, some of them must be nearly gone into meadows if they haven't been cut. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I have them all. I have everyone. I have them all cut at least once. Oh, like, well so. done! You got in there. Yeah, <laughs> you got in there. Well done. And how are you? How is the whole lockdown affecting you? And how are you coping with it? And uh, I suppose it's a bit frustrating because you you know that your things you should do but then you want to follow the government guidelines as well like so you know I think if everyone tried to do what they were told maybe things would be a bit easier like by now you know Yeah it's frustrating when the majority of us are abiding by the rules and then you hear and see stuff online and some people just don't seem to care Yeah yeah I think I think we'll say at this stage now, definitely this week, there has been a lot more people out doing things like, you know. Mm, mm. And, the, yeah. and of course, the weather's been good as well, which would have been ideal for you for the cutting of grass. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, I know the weather is meant to break down from this evening on for the next few days. So yeah, but maybe ho- hopefully by next week. It'll, uh, it'll be back just in time for our Martin to get out and start cutting the grass. And exactly. there's also talks, and, and I think this is going to be a welcome to move as well, is we'll be allowed, with social distancing in mind, Garden centres will be allowed to open. Yeah, that's true. Well, that it's coming into the the peak time of the season for the garden centres because you know they'll be coming into bedding plants and hanging baskets and that. So, I think if it opens sooner, maybe there wouldn't be the big surge of people out. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people, all they can do is stay in their garden. So I think to get the garden centres uh, open and I know hardware stores as well. But again, we're all we're, all of this is speculation. But I think the the rumours that are coming through, uh, I think they're trying to ease it in for the majority of people. Restrictions will remain in place. But I, I do think the gardeners, the landscapers and the hardware stores and the garden centres and I think some of the builders are going to be going back to work. It's anyone who works outside I think is going to be allowed uh, to work. Okay, listen, stay safe, Martin. No matter. Thanks very much. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Bye-bye. Martin Buckley there in uh, Borbury. And well done to Martin because that's frustrating and annoying when other 
people are deciding to breach the regulations and the rules and they go out and start cutting the grass and Martin's sticking by the letter of the law and then hearing that others are not doing it, that's got to be frustrating and annoying uh, as well. But as I say, it is one of the ones that is rumoured that it is going to be uh, lifted. So it very much is. We've, we're going to have to wait and find out for sure on when the announcement is made by Leo on Friday. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. When we're talking of gardens, uh, Patricia, my garden is like a meadow. I've got a sea of daisies and dandelions. I also have a nesting pair of pheasants at the bottom of my garden. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Stay safe. Uh, And thanks for the great work. Thank you for that. That really sounds uh, lovely. Enjoy. And particularly today is probably the last day of the good weather. So if you get a chance, uh, get out and enjoy it. 1850 We well know that there is now a worldwide shortage of face masks for our frontline healthcare workers which is then putting additional strain on others trying to access face masks especially for people who work in places like nursing homes and for carers. So to talk to us about a group of volunteer sewists I'm joined by Claire O'Brien in Mitchellstown. Good morning to you Claire. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I've, I'm very, I'm very good. And you've taken time away from the sewing machine to join us this morning. Yes, my dear, I sure am. <laughs> now I'm told that there's about 500 in the group. There's, uh, yeah, we've we've reached about five, oh, five forty, five at the moment. Tell me how that all came about. Um, due to a Facebook page, a uh, group page that was put up uh, there, um, going back uh, around in the March start of April, um, just basically scrolling through Facebook, I spotted it myself and um, I made an inquiry then when they were looking for volunteers because I'm actually with the Mallow College doing um, dressmaking course myself. And what course um, are you doing? Uh, dressmaking. Ah, you are, I see. You, you already had a sewing machine and you are handy with a needle and thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my, my grandmother was the seamstress. Uh, many many years ago, so it's in the it's in the genes. It runs. Goes. It runs in the family. So <laughs> uh, so anyone with a sewing machine really can get involved in this project. Yes, anyone. We welcome anyone in the area that that are willing to, um, you know, get donations of the material uh, from friends and family. That's how I started off. Um, the line stop here in Mitchellstown. Uh, fair play to them. They brought me some. Um, 100% cotton is what we use okay. for the mask. And uh, then we take the tie back with um, cotton polyester. And we make them up into vice binding um, into um, a lovely tie, string tie, for to put on the mask when it's completed. Oh, right. so, so you're not using the elastic over the years one, you're doing the one that ties at the back of the head. Yeah, or we can do elastic when the elastic is available. But nine times out of ten, we do um, we are requested for the tie back rather than the elastic because people find uh, when you're long wearing it, yeah, um, you know, for ten, twelve hours, whatever, in the front line, um, the elastic does hurt the ears. Yeah. Or well, you can tie it back behind your head. 
Yeah, because we we had that group that came up with that very clever little device that they're making on mm. the the 3D printers to hold back the elastic. Yeah. Because I hadn't I hadn't even thought of that problem. But when you look at any of those masks, and then when I tried one on and I put it over my ears and I realised, okay, if you just pop it on and taking it off, it's fine. But if you have that on, as you say, it can be up to eight hours. Yeah. It really will become very very uncomfortable. So Absolutely. I think the, the the tie back one is is a terrific idea. Are they are the masks in themselves then Claire are they easy to make um, well there's there's actually um, the cutout part of it which we follow a template given to us by the project manager Mary Murphy okay um, she's the group leader and um, we, we um, start from the from the cutout which is 36 by 20 and then um, we do the ears separate for the ties and we attach that as we're going along. We pleat the mask then once we have it cut out. And we also press our, um, you know, our lines so we know when we fold over um, the top of the mask, we're actually folding over like a pillow slip. Uh, from, star- that, from start to finish, how long does it take to make one? Um, well, now, I'll tell you now, uh, it can take, um, if you're a beginner, it can take you up to an hour to structure a complete mask. Okay. Um, you know, uh, that's taking time out to make sure it's 110% perfect. Because when you're sending them out there to different places, you want your mask to be structured properly. You don't want it to fall asunder because all these cloth masks, Patricia, have to be bile washed. Okay. And um, that they're reusable on a bile wash. And um, so we need them to be structured properly. Like your sewing has to be did on, your your um, your tie has to be, they can't be, um, you know, the way they free. Yeah, can't have that. Um, yeah, no, Ca- you can't, can't have you- that. So a bit, so somebody starting out about an hour. You're 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 handier now and you're experienced. You're you're churning them out. How long does it take well, you? Well, I'm churning. <laughs> well, I I can do five now in about an hour and a half. Whoa, you're some woman. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness yeah. me. Good. <laughs> and obviously, you don't have college at the moment. So um, I, I have actually online. Yes. Oh, I'm do you? Keeping us going online. Yes. Okay. Um, my apologies. Yeah. My apologies. No, no. You're so you. So how many a week are you making? You yourself? Um, well, what I'm doing is I'm I'm um, stopping and I'm starting myself simply because I suffer from carpal tunnel. Okay. And and uh, so I rest my hands for periods after so many are done and uh, I take a break and I go away from it and I come back then again after about an hour and I, you know, I'll do a few more. But I would, I, at the moment now, um, about two days, I'd say it would take me two, two, two and a half days to do about 20 at the moment. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And yeah. and your material, they're all different colours. Our material is, is all um, different colours. We yeah. accept, as I said, 100% cotton um, donations or we uh, are the polyester cotton for our tie backs. And uh, um, fabric from shops, 100% cotton, we'd be thrilled if if uh, we could get in some donations if there was if there was any shops uh, listening that might have some and I'm also thinking of I mean anyone that has a sewing machine or perhaps there's a sewing machine at home belonging to Granny that is no longer in use but Granny was very handy and there's material left behind because if you make an outfit there'll always be end bits of material which would be perfect for this job 
Of course, of course. As I said, you know, we you know they call them fat squares. Yeah. You can you can uh, you can get them. Um yeah. even if they're lying around we'd we'd welcome them once they're cotton. You're and, you're uh, in Mitchellstown and you say over five hundred members. Are they all are they all over all over Ireland. All over Ireland. Wow. From the north to the south. And then where are you passing the masks on to? Um, no, the masks at the moment I'm doing some for the HSE in y- in uh, Mallow General. Okay. And I've already supplied Cope Foundation in Mitchellstown. So masks. so masks made locally stay locally is what you're saying? Um, not necessarily. Okay. No, what, what we do is um, the lady that's running the project has a system and she's building a website at the moment where we're matched. We're matched up with a, a request. The requests go in through the website um, and through our Facebook page on a forum that's filled by the requester like the HSC or the Cope Foundation or any frontline workers, uh, carers, whoever needs them. And they're requested through that page. And then um, Mary matches whoever is in that area with that request. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm thinking of um, maybe some nursing homes could do with some. Yes. What about family carers, people caring yes. for a loved one at home? Yes, everyone and anyone that... Wow. Uh, our, our next um, would be 10. We would request that 10 be ordered if possible, just so that we're not going two and three. Yeah. You yeah. know, and sending them out because, as you know yourself, we have martial uh, bikers out there who are willing to volunteer and deliver for us pick them up at our place and deliver to wherever they need to go. But um, when you're relying on that as well, you can't be saying, you know, come and pick up two or three. I know, I know. And you give them out, I'm assuming, free of charge, do you? Uh, yes, they're free. Uh, we do have a GoFundMe page and we do ask that if there is a large quantity that we, you know, for the material, we either get into donations material-wise or the uh, give a donation to the GoFundMe page. Okay, and where is the Facebook page if people want to find out more? What's it called? Um, yes, I I can forward that um, on there to. Uh, it's called We Are Masks for All Ireland. We are um, masks yeah, for all Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, our yeah. GoFundMe page is on that, Patricia. As well. I can pop it in boxes there to. Uh, John Paul later. I'll get John Paul to put it up and we'll share it on our Facebook page as well because it would be fantastic to get the word out to anyone that either locally needs some of these masks or also uh, let's it would be great if anybody listening has the sewing machine and dust off that old sewing machine there get it out and we're all stuck indoors at the moment looking for something to do so it's a great way great way to while away a few hours isn't it And, and you really feel you've done something and then at the end of the day well, that's what I'm saying. I know, as I say, that there's women out there, fair play to them, and, and I admire them greatly, that are turning out way more than I am. But to me, I'm still doing my bit. You are doing your bit. And, and um, you know, and uh, I, as I said, today is my mission to reach out uh, to people that need them and need the protection of them. And um, as we say, our partner does not completely stop the wearer from transmitting the virus but uh, it will go a long way. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. With the design elements that are in it. 
Yeah, and the fact that it's washable and reusable is is absolutely is absolutely terrific. And do do you make clothes for yourself? Do you? Well, Well, at the moment now, as I said, I've I've done um, uh, through Mallow College. I have completed a skirt and a pair of shorts, and I'm on a shirt. So I'm I'm um, trying to fit the collar on that in between. (laughs) <laughs> and you and you've said you said that Granny was good at this. Was is this only something new that you've come to? No, I I used to uh, make little bits for my own kids when they were little. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, you know, on on in a very old singer sewing machine. And my nana uh, was the first. My dad used to always say that my nana was the very uh, first lady to make a long pants. <laughs> yeah. And who who did she make the long pants for? For him. For- <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? What a great story! And they were that generation were brilliant. They were able they to were turn. Fantastic. They had no choice. They had no choice. Uh, that's it, that's it. But there's it's something lovely. lovely about making something yourself. Yes, there is. Um, you know, uh, as I say, uh, in the college, I, I admire Mary and and Jess and all the tutors back there. They're wonderful in Mellow College, and and they're very um, they're very diligent, and they're also great tutors and patients yeah. is a huge thing, you know, because if you don't grasp it at the start, they go over it again, which is wonderful. And is this something, is this a return to education for you, Claire? It would be, yeah. yeah. Well done. Be, well, yeah. Done. well done. Thank you. Thank you, love. Listen, good, 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 well, good luck with your course in Mallow College, but, 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 but continue good luck with these face masks. It's absolutely fantastic. And we are masks for all Ireland. If people want to look, check it out on Facebook and we will pop it up on our Facebook page uh, as well, just in case there's anybody else out there who would like to get involved and become one of the volunteers or if you're looking for face masks at the moment. Listen, Claire, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. And you too, Patricia. And you're very welcome to give out my mobile if anyone wishes to contact me. You're very good. Stay Thank safe. You. Stay safe. Stay and we'll let Stay you back. To, bye bye. We'll, okay. we'll let her back to the sewing machine so she can make more of those masks. That's Claire O'Brien joining us from uh, Mitchellstown. have been asked to give a mention to Billy and Rosaline McDonough who are celebrating their 54th wedding anniversary today. Isn't that incredible? And I'm told they are a very special couple who are nicely cocooning. And I'm also told that Billy's a great Great fan of the programmes. Program. Good to hear, uh, Billy. Uh, much love and congratulations. Billy and Rosaline McDonough doesn't unfortunately say what part of the city or county they are from, but anyone that knows them will probably know exactly who I'm talking about. Billy and Rosaline McDonough, 54 years married today. Much love and congratulations. And no doubt when all of this lockdown is over, there will be a big party and a big celebration by all of the family. We hope you're having a lovely, lovely day and good to hear that you are nicely cocooning. We're going to take a break. We have news at 12 midday on the way. In the meantime, Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls 1850 333 103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. You're helping to protect the healthcare workers on the front line who are working so hard for us. You're staying at home to help protect all the people who still have to go to work. And you're helping keep our health service functioning so that we can look after people who get seriously ill. You are saving so many lives. Isn't that an incredible thing to be able to say? We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. 
C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Okay, some of your emails into Patricia at c103.ie. This has come in from Sean in Cork. Uh, to sadly tell us, uh, he says, my aunt died in a care facility last week. A long-term resident cocooned permanently, staying at home. The virus was brought into her and sadly it took her life. As Professor McConaughey said last week, in nursing homes, the most vulnerable of all weren't even considered by the HSE and the government for special measures to protect them. Imagine 600 out of over 1,000 deaths have been in nursing homes slash residential care. It is a total scandal. We should hang our heads in shame. Many were taken into these places even 30, 40 miles away from their family and friends and they're dying alone in their droves. Uh, It feels to me like we're living in a a sick society at the moment. Uh, Sean, I can... I know by the tone of your email how pained you are to have lost your much-loved aunt. Can we pass on our deepest, deepest sympathies uh, to you? And there are so many other families. You're not alone on that. Uh, I mean, the figures that have come out from deaths in our nursing homes are now, I think, the new one now is going to be the residential homes for uh, disabled people and people with intellectual disabilities. We're starting to see spikes in those homes uh, as well. But... I mean, they, the HSE will say that they're doing their very best and they know there's a huge focus now going on at nursing homes and will go on to residential uh, homes. But, I mean, the one in Dublin, I think, that a lot of people were talking about is St Mary's Hospital in the Phoenix Park in, in, in Dublin, the nursing home uh, there. It has the highest death toll of, in, of one facility in the country. They've now had 22 confirmed uh, deaths. The, uh, just devastating for the families of the loved ones who's you know who were in there, been well looked after, and I don't in any way take from the the workers in those care settings and those nursing homes doing the best that they they can. And many of those older residents would have been in there for many years, so they become like family members. So it's really difficult on the staff as well. So once again, Sean, uh, my commiserations to you and and to your family. May your aunt rest in peace. And Margaret says, hi, Patricia, hope you're doing well. And uh, best wishes to John Paul and uh, Sadie. You're doing great work and it's not said often enough. Thank you for that. Uh, We had a sad and disturbing message to the Donnerell blog today. A phone call was made to a person claiming to be from a priest saying that they were taking confession over the phone. Now, the number was a private number and the caller went on to say very inappropriate things to the recipient. It's a sad reflection on society that there are still people out there that would even think of such behaviour. Many people who cannot attend Mass and the sacraments are vulnerable at the moment and at first could be taken in by such a call. No priest in the parish is making such calls. The recipient was recipient was naturally very upset and it's a new low for anyone who is taking this period of uncertainty to behave in such a vile and disgusting way. If anyone receives such a call, they should hang up immediately and contact the Gardaí or call somebody to have a chat about it. It really is a frightening experience. Uh, Kind regards, says uh, Margaret. And I know last week we were talking about a similar incident uh, as well, not in the North uh, Cork area. Was it in the city or was it in West Cork where we had a local priest had to come out to say, that's not me, I haven't been contacting anyone for the Jerry 
was the priest I remember and so somebody has started this and I don't know if it's the one and the same person has decided to do it and of course ringing from a blocked number there's no way of tracing where that number came from so just again it's something else that people just need to be careful about talking to elderly people and of course if you have somebody on their own cocooning as soon as the phone rings they're delighted to think somebody's ringing to have a chat with them but they just need to be very careful every time they pick up the phone particularly if it's a call coming in from a blocked number for them to be very very careful who they are engaging with and a reminder to you of Cork County Council and the Civic Immunity sites they have had an update as and from this week if you are going to the Civic Immunity site in your area you need to check what days of the week your own Civic Immunity site uh, opens but during the COVID-19 crisis the civic community sites are only accepting household black bag waste for disposal disposal but Cork County Council are now asking you to double bag it it's to a maximum of three standard 80 litre they're the large black plastic bags per customer they're still accepting glass bottles your food and your beverage cans paper cardboard plastic bottles and plastic packaging the black bag waste for disposal should have the bag tied securely and then placed into a second bag and tied and you need to have all of that done before before you arrive at the civic community site. They're not accepting any commercial waste or any trailers at the moment. Only one person per vehicle can enter the site. All customers then must place the waste into the receptacles themselves. The civic amenity operators will not be able to assist you. Obviously, that's all to do with social distancing. Payment for the black bag waste is €4 Euro per bag. And as I say, it's a maximum of three bags permitted per visit. Weighing is not possible, as obviously it's going to increase the handling required. So they're charging a flat rate of €4 Euro per bag. Customers are asked to bring the exact money, though, which is €4 Euro, if you have two bags, eight or if you have three bags at uh, 12. Physical distancing of a minimum of two metres must be observed at all times and the site will not be accepting garden waste, timber, metal waste, bulky items, waste electrical equipment, WEE oils or paints, the stuff they normally accept, they're not accepting them at the moment and due to the reduced range of recyclables being acceptable, accepted the normal three euro entry fee that's been wavered for the period of the current health protection measures uh, being in uh, place. So just to let you know if you do go, because I know a number of people use the civic community sites to dispose of their household rubbish so you can still do that but have it bagged, double bagged and it is for your per bag. Let me go to some of your texts coming in. Hi Patricia. People are talking about the wildflowers. They are indeed on the programme today. Things appear, this is from Pat, things appear to me, he says, to be going back to the way they were 70 years ago. Even the fish are coming back into our rivers and why? There's no spraying going on, no spreading of slurry. So God has provided the point. So God has proven the point. It's up to us to do what's right. If we are capable, says Pat. I mean, yeah, and I love that idea of, that somebody else said. It's like Mother Nature is taking time to have <sighs> sighing a deep breath and just letting the earth heal itself because there's been so much damage done to this wonderful earth. We were talking about garden centres and the possibility of garden centres reopening after May the 5th. Somebody says, are flower shops and garden centres supposed to be closed? We live in West Cork and our local flower shop garden centre has remained open since the beginning of the lockdown. It's unfair on those who are abiding by the rules. Now, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where this garden centre is. I don't know if it's just a garden centre 
Do they sell other items as well? I don't know if it's open full time. Is it open for click and collect? Is it open for call out or delivery? Because businesses that offer emergency call out or delivery services were allowed to continue to operate. And that includes household stores, but it also includes anyone who supplies essentials for gardening, farming and agriculture. So it's very possible that that shop falls in under that category. But are some people bending the rules? I'm absolutely sure they are. And uh, some are getting away with it. But the majority of people are abiding by the rules. And that's what we all need to do. On chimney sweeps, Eileen, who describes herself as your loyal listener. Thanks, Eileen. Hi, Patricia. I think chimney sweeps should be essential workers now. Chimneys are dirty at the moment after the long winter. If there was a chimney fire in a house and you called the fire service, those hardworking people could be needed at a much more serious incident. Thanking you for your information every day. Uh, that was the advice that I did give to the listener who contacted us because I just don't know what condition her chimney is actually in. I was saying to her to contact her chimney sweep because I'm sure if it could be proven that it's an emergency, they would be allowed uh, to do it on, on the grounds of uh, safety. Um, thank you, Eileen, for that. Mary says, Patricia, just want to say well done to O'Brien's Pub in Liscarroll. They took the initiative to drop out free pints of beer as an act of goodwill to their older customers who are cocooning uh, giving them a little bit of their normal life back isn't that lovely that's a terrific thing I've seen some other pubs in rural areas I saw it online I didn't know there was any doing it here in our area so well done to uh, O'Brien's pub in uh, Lascar we'll see if we can get on to them it'd be lovely to have a chat with them I'd love to know what the reaction was like when they turn up at somebody's door you know, like an elderly man who maybe on a, a Saturday night goes into his local bar, in this case O'Brien's uh, pub in Liscarra, to have maybe a pint of the black stuff, a nice creamy pint of Guinness, and for a ring at the doorbell and it's left on the doorstep. I must, I'd love to have known what the reaction was. Anyway, we'll see if we can get on to O'Brien's. I'd love to have a chat with them uh, about that. Now, this is on people being abused and abusing shop workers. Somebody says, absolutely terrible the way people who are helping us all are being treated by some customers. Um, Just couldn't be, these same people couldn't be nice even if you paid them to be nice. My daughter uh, works in a pharmacy and they get some dreadful abuse. But a lot of the customers are really nice and will actually even drop treats in for them. But you'll always get the nasty ones. Yeah. And I think they're there all the time, even before we ever had COVID-19 pandemic. I think they just seem to get worse because obviously there we're all under stress. We're all under a bit of pressure at the moment. And I think if you're under any kind of pressure and you've got a nasty streak within you. And let's be honest, there are nasty people out there and they and they're going to be nasty, whether the sun is shining or it's raining or there's a pandemic or there isn't a pandemic. Uh, but I just think they have a tendency to get a little bit nastier when the going gets uh, tough, which is a real shame. And Colm, now I'm assuming, Colm, that this is reacting to the piece that I did with Alcohol Action Ireland, who was telling everybody just to mind their drinking. Colm says, I, and I, I'm going to say tongue in cheek, people should be stopped drinking, watching TV, using the internet, smoking and eating biscuits. As for fizzy drinks, then again, maybe people could just mind their own business, says Colm, who I assume is one of those people who does not like to be told what to do. Hi Patricia, what's the difference between Cork County Council workers working on roads and a builder or a gardener working on a rural development one-off house? Why is there one set of rules for a government organisation and another for the private sector? 
Thanking you for your great, great work. It doesn't seem a very fair, fair system. Is it any wonder that you've got people going out and about and breaking the rules when they see that the council are allowed to continue their work? Now, I can check with Cork County Council, but I take it any work that they are doing, they will deem that it's an essential service that they do it and please God and fingers crossed the builders and the gardeners that you speak about from next Tuesday morning hopefully will be all back at work or partially back at work or some of them back at work. On the people going out and about in their cars somebody says the guards need to patrol the back roads as people are using them to in order to avoid the COVID-19 checkpoints. That's one of the things the guards, they're not stupid, they've started, they found that out themselves. I think in the run up to the Easter Bank holiday weekend they realised they were out manning the main roads and yet then they were discovering that people had still managed to make it to some of their holiday homes and so they realised that people were going some went in the dead of the night, some people really underwent under the cover of darkness but others started taking back roads so they are talking about these mobile units patrolling back roads um, as well Hi Patricia, I'm looking for a treadmill Okay, um, I'm hoping your listeners in Carrigaline or the Douglas area might have one that they're not using. I live on my own and look forward to your programme every day. I'm glad that you're. Now, I'm assuming you want a loan of a treadmill because you can't get out, is it? Is that what it is? I might get John Paul or Sadie just to give a ring, ring back just to find out exactly what you are uh, looking for. I mean, at the moment, a lot of people, anyone that has a treadmill, I'm assuming are probably using them uh, because home gyms are being set up all over the place. But maybe there's somebody who has one that's willing to pass it on but we'll just I'll get John Paul or Sadie to ring back that call and see if I can get a little bit more uh, information and then somebody said I would like to know what's happening with car insurance please and stay safe okay what is happening with uh, car insurance this came out at the weekend because there was a call last week from the finance minister Pascal Donoghue to the insurance the car insurance companies to issue some sort of a refund to motorists who are paying their premiums uh, based on um, pre-pandemic conditions obviously there's less people on the roads which is leading to less uh, accidents so some insurers have agreed to a rebate after the pandemic restrictions they even accept caused a sharp drop in the number of claims on Irish roads. So who do we have involved in this? We have a number of them. I have the list I'm sure here. Alliance, AXA, the RSA Group and Zurich are among those who announced that they're going to give what they're calling premium supports for motor customers in the response to COVID-19 and I know the CEO of Insurance Ireland Moya Murdoch said that insurers were going to set up core principles in relation to potential refund for customers. Now that came out at the end of last week and then today I've been told that Liberty are one of the first out of the blocks to, to issue money back. Motorists insured with Liberty Insurance are to get back 15% of their premium for two months subject to a maximum of €10. Now, it works out at... Now, these are the figures I'll be giving. It works out at €20 for somebody paying €700 a year. Now, 15% of €700 in my calculations is €105. And yet they're going to give back €20. So... 
if they're saying 15% of your premium is oh yeah they're dividing it by 12 or they're giving it just for the two months okay well it's something back it's on. so if you paid 700 euro on your premium and you're with Liberty you can expect to get back about less actually it'll be less than uh, 20 euro I don't know how the rest are handling it but all the but you can be guaranteed that the figure will be pretty much the same across all of the insurance companies. So it isn't going to be a huge sum of money. I don't think, and I'm saying this sarcastically, you're going to be rushing to the off-licence buying a very expensive bottle of wine. 1850 333 103. Lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Grow Mental Health Recovery, they've developed a six-week course entitled Creating Hope and Staying Positive in COVID-19. The programme contains tips and advice on how to deal with the pandemic over the next few weeks. This week's session, for example, is entitled Self-Care and a New Challenge and it can be accessed through Grow's website, which is www.grow.ie. If you would like more information on Grow, you can telephone their information line on 1850 Four seven four four seven four eighteen fifty four seven four four seven four, and the Cork Cancer Care Centre are launching their Walk with Warriors. It's a fundraiser. It's happening on Friday, the first of May. They're asking people to walk for thirty minutes per day between the first of May and the thirty-first of May, and it's to honour cancer warriors. And you can donate to Cork Cancer Care Centre. Further details are available on their Facebook and on their webpage. Court Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua Store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story, and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions. Email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, which is purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. And Lister says, Prisha, I just heard the cuckoo here in Balangiri for the first time. What a wonderful, wonderful sound uh, that is. And on the dandelions, Tom says, Trish, dandelions come up every year. We're just too busy to notice them. Listen, I know dandelions come up every year, but I definitely reckon this year and it's got nothing to do with me being less busy and having more time on my hands and I'm staring out the window counting the daffodils. There just seems to be way more dandelions this year than any other year and I really don't think it's just that we're just on previous years we've been too busy to notice as soon as the grass is cut there seems to be dandelions back up almost immediately and I can see somebody else is agreeing saying you're dead right Patricia there are way more dandelions this year anyway Tom says we're just we've more time in our hands and we're spotting the dandelions now I would be interested um, I'm not going to name the school in question here except to say that it's a rural 
school. But I would be interested to hear from other parents or other parents struggling with this as well. And it is the issue of children at home and homeschooling and all of that. And this listener says, Trish, uh, want to ask, I think it's very hard on young children that they are getting so many lessons sent on to them. Some of the parents simply do not have the time to sit with them to give them the help that they require to get all of the work done that the school or the teacher is requesting. They just cannot keep up with the amount of the work. Some of the subjects are new to the children and they haven't been taught it already. They are told if it's not done, they'll be kept in during breaks when they go back to school. Oh, that's a threat. That's an awful thing to say to small children. Uh, it's simply not fair uh, and it's signed by a concerned uh, parent. That's Yeah, and you know, I have been hearing from friends of mine who have children, young children at home, and I know one big problem that some parents have. Parents who are working from home and they have the children home as well and all the schoolwork has to be done. And particularly if children struggle and you know some children are fantastic and can sit down and apply themselves and teacher says you should do X, Y and Z and Johnny will do X, Y and Z but then you can have Mary sitting on the other side of the kitchen table who needs that little bit of help needs a little bit of encouragement needs a little bit more time to get the X, Y and Z that Johnny has just flown through on the other side of the kitchen table and then you've got a parent who is maybe answering phone calls for work on the computer trying to do their work it really can be a bit of a stress ball at the moment. What do you do and how do, how you get around it? And I know the easy thing to say is contact the teacher and just say, look, my son or daughter is just not keeping up with this and not, not able for it. But the son or the daughter will have heard, I'm going to be kept in during when I go back to school during the breaks, which, by the way, is not going to happen. There's no, there's no teacher in the world is going to be remembering what young child didn't do a work on a particular Thursday and they need to be kept back in for an extra 10 minutes when they go back to school because God knows we don't even know when they're going to be going back. But I think the very fact that there is a slight threat hanging over their heads that they've been told that if they don't do their work there will be kept in during the breaks that's putting even more pressure on the young boys and girls. Anyway, I, all I would say to you, as, a, as a, a, I'm assuming it's a mum, but maybe it's a dad, but as a parent, you're not on your own. There are many, many others uh, as well. Has anybody... Has anybody come up with a solution? Has anybody got around this, this amount of work that's been sent home? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say not by all schools. It's some teachers. Am I right in saying some teachers are sending on more work than others? Some teachers are probably saying get through as much of this as you can get through. Uh, it maybe is if we get a lot of reaction on this. I know it's something we've been talking in the office about saying we need to get somebody onto the programme just to offer advice because I am very conscious of parents who are not teachers. You know, we, we became parents but we never trained as teachers. And if you've got the added burden of working from home or you may be having to look after an elderly person at home or there's a child with a disability at home. You know, there's families, there's just so many different types of families out there. We love the idea of thinking that we will get up every Monday morning and we'll all be dressed and showered and we'll all be sitting around the kitchen table. Nine o'clock comes and we'll all do our schoolwork. 
and you know you'll end up being like Mary Poppins we'd all love the idea but in reality it doesn't work like that but I'm absolutely convinced can I say to that uh, listener because I can sense your frustration in your text that you are not alone you're absolutely not alone there are many many other parents like you struggling and children that are struggling as well and that's a bit unfair it's not the children's fault that schools have closed and we're living through a pandemic and children are worried as well with everything that's going on with this coronavirus and you don't want the added pressure that they feel they're not keeping up with their schoolwork uh, as well so my heart really does uh, go out to you your thoughts and comments welcomed on that 1850 333103 text our uh, WhatsApp 0862103103 and just couple of final texts in. Patricia went for a short stroll this morning just outside of Fomoy, staying within the two kilometres. Well done. But I observed lots of walkers, joggers and cyclists, which is lovely to see in our beautiful countryside. Most of these people though are coming out from town. Would you please ask them to take their rubbish home with them? The amount of water bottles, sweet wrappers, juice cartons, etc. We need to look after our countryside as well, says uh, James. And more people are out exercising, I think, than ever before the pandemic. And that's great. And we need to keep fit and healthy. And for our mental health, we need to get out, out and about. And there's nothing wrong with going out and about. And if you're jogging, you may need to bring your water bottle with you. But the fact that you bring the water bottle with you full would you just bring it home with you as well and your sweet your wrappers whatever you bring it with you put it in your pocket just bring it home with you please and a bearer listener says hi Patricia enjoying your programme while I'm doing some gardening and it's a lovely day for that as well um, that's from a bearer listener thank you for that let's take a break and we're back with uh, Joe Heffernan Court today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Egg foil mock quid then and here is Farlin. Shaw eight thrower C one oh three air kirkig. Is Marga Bay and the English market Elor Hahar Kirkwi in a will Ramesha Lahan Stali Yakas Shastoin, Le Bushdi, Bokhari, Kanahori Aishk, Stali Glossri, Shapui Cafe a Hodas Clohish, Agas Avatni Smo. Tinkor Ali Hosu the Hodil, Win Saltas and Atmosphere, Nublasana, Agas Blafele on Irgni. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Mary has uh, WhatsApp saying uh, any news on the Carami Horse Fair in Butterfant, which is due to be held in July. I hope it's not going ahead, says uh, Mary. We've, we're on to the council. I've just checked with John Paul. We haven't done anything back uh, yet because as we mentioned when this came up last week on the programme, nobody organises Carami. It just happens. So I don't know. I'm assuming they're putting plans in place now to make sure that it doesn't happen because uh, we definitely won't have all of the restrictions. That social distancing would be, would be impossible and we don't know what restrictions are going to be still in place come July but I'm assuming that there's somebody somewhere working on a plan in case restrictions are still in place uh, but leave it with us we are working on it I promise you that OK Joe Heffernan joins me good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon Patricia Hi you're sounding in clipper form how is the cocooning going? Ah, it, some days it's cocooning and other days it's cuckoo <laughs> um, Alright like we're hoping for a bit of a break next week now Um you know, a, a small thing would be a big thing at this stage. Um, uh, you know, uh, as I was saying, I mean, we're we're lucky in the sense that, I mean, you know, we've a fair old um, uh, area to walk around and get out and enjoy yeah. the sunshine. Um, so I suppose we can't... Uh, we can't complain too much. Yeah, I, yeah I, I often think of people who are living in a very small apartment in yes. the middle of a city centre oh, with, wow. uh, if they're blessed, a little balcony and nothing else and in some cases not even not even a balcony. Yes. You would have been proud to be on Saturday morning. I got up on Saturday morning and I just seemed to be in bad form and everything seemed to be just for no reason, everything just was seeming to get on top of me. And I was just sick of the whole thing, sick of this pandemic and I wanted it to end. Uh, and I had to, I had to really sit and do a, uh, do you know what I did I sat and I did a list of everything that I can be thankful for right and had a good sort of a talk with myself took me a few hours to shake it off but just how quickly and how easily you can get down yeah 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 I found that um, I think it was yesterday morning I woke up and I just didn't feel good at all didn't feel right and um, there were a few little jobs that actually I think were hanging over me and uh, I didn't fancy getting at them Um there was a question with two of them have forgotten or have forgotten passwords. And um, I thought, oh, God, if I start that now, I'll just get totally frustrated. But, you know, I did get stuck into them and um, I, I I worked it out anyway. And I felt so much better when they were done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I could have very easily just lain there and kind of uh, avoided uh, the stuff. Do you worry about people's mental health and what kind of problems 
we are maybe already experiencing or will experiencing as l- uh, the longer this lockdown and pandemic goes on? Without doubt. Yeah. No question whatsoever about it. I mean, um, there are extraordinary demands being being placed on people, really. There's no question about that. We're, we're in a whole new ballgame um, with all of this thing of the, you know, the people, um, uh, you know, the instinct before was to shake hands, maybe have a hug. The instinct now is to step back. Um, you know, uh, somebody said to me recently that dealing with other people, they said, well, everyone you meet is a potential time bomb. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a statement. But, you know, in a way, it kind of, you know, it, it there was a certain validity in it. Well, I was even in the supermarket the other day and there was a, a man, no, he was a youngish man. He was only probably in his late 20s, early 30s, but he was ahead of me and something fell off his trolley. Now, in normal times, because it landed almost on my feet, I would have picked it up and handed it back to him. Mm. I jumped out of the way to get out of his space there to allow are. him to bend down to pick it up. And then I was thinking, I, 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 I almost felt I was being rude for not helping the man. I know. And yet I knew by helping him, I was putting him compromising him and myself because and he was wearing a mask and he had gloves and he was obviously very particular about his own space so I just yeah. jumped out of the way but I just thought yeah. how strange times are becoming Well what you were experiencing there was a quick little flash of fear and um, normally when we go to the supermarket well the last thing we expect to encounter is fear Yeah. Um, so that's kind of hanging there all the time there's fear, there's stress um, yeah it's there all the time and I suppose that's the reason that for the odd time too we need to get away from it. That's the reason why reading a bit of fiction, watching a bit of telly, um, you know, uh, I know some people are stuck on CNN, um, NBC yeah. uh, all day long and um, uh, I don't think that's good. I think no. we need to get away from it. I mean, the six o'clock news bulletin more or less tells us what we need to know for that day. And that'll be that will be enough uh, for yeah. for you. And and you know, and I was only mentioning because somebody somebody sent in a text earlier. There's so many people are out jogging and walking and running, and certainly. I found last weekend on, on Saturday to, I, I've taken up a new exercise uh, regime and I got really stuck into that on Saturday and Sunday and the bit of exercise is incredible how you feel it after it, And isn't it's it? always known isn't it yeah. as a stress buster I mean you know whenever anybody talks about stress and whenever anybody talks about stress busters um, the uh, uh, the two extremes, in a way, come into it. One is the sitting quietly with a bit of mindfulness and, um, you know, clearing the mind a bit. And the other is simply using the body. Because as I, you know, I'm like a stuck record saying that um, anxiety is in the body, not in the mind. And if you can relax the body, the mind will follow. Uh, and you can't do it the other way around. A kind of a saying I have for it is that you can think yourself into good living, but you can live yourself into good thinking. Um, yeah, it's. I think life is all about what we do. Um, we're we're we. None of us is really who we think we are. We 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 are what we do. And actually, somebody has just um, obviously listened to us said, I was very depressed going to bed last night, but I'm okay now. Yeah. So, and again, that just ties in with you're going to get. There's going to be highs and lows during this period. Yeah, it's 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 um, 
Yeah, it, it's not even a day up and a day down. It can be a morning up and an afternoon down. It can be 11 o'clock feeling okay and it can be 1 o'clock feeling down. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, unpredictable, really, uh, the feelings that go with it. And I think that's why we need, I mean, your own exercise there about uh, doing the gratitude list. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have an awful lot to be thankful yeah. for. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even that simple one, one of the ones on my list was, you know, thank God I've got a comfortable house and I have a little garden that I can get out in as opposed to somebody who's stuck in an apartment block, you know, looking out of the blue sky. Or when we think about um, the scenes that we witnessed from other countries where, I mean, it's chaotic. It's it's absolutely. And I think this is going to be, I mean, I don't want to say the wrong thing now, and, and you know, the, but, I mean, in certain countries, this is going to be with us for years because... Um, Until we get a vaccine anyway, we're... we're, we're well, we're once the vaccine arrives, I suppose, um, we can all breathe a big sigh of relief, you know, well, we provided have... we haven't killed ourselves in the meantime by drinking a bottle of Detail or something. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, our alcohol action Ireland saying drinking a bottle of whiskey a day. Well, is the uh, other one? there is a big danger with this. There, there is a big, big danger that people will try to medicate the old bad feelings with the booze, the pills, whatever else. Um, and, uh, you know, this will end, but you could be left with something that would stay with you um, uh, in a bad way for a long time. Uh, it's, it's not the way to go. I mean, the immediate relief um, and the long-term disaster is is not a good plan. And for people with OCD, this kind of pandemic is dreadful, isn't it? Particularly the ones who are worried about picking up bacteria and viruses. Absolutely, Uh, absolutely. But, you know, um, there has been such a complete wheel about, um, you know, um, we'll say a person is attending... Um, uh, to do with, we'll say, a contamination or CD, and um, you know the uh, the procedure for quite a while would have been um, well. Now try and avoid washing the hands, and um, uh, and and uh, maybe delay it for a quarter of an hour, and uh, you see, and suddenly it's wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, and um, uh, it's a complete turnabout. Um, it's something that's going to uh, take an awful lot of common sense, but most people uh, would be able to apply a bit of common sense and know that at this time, things are a bit different. And we're not talking about a bit of dirt um, that we might have picked up uh, in the garden. We're talking about uh, an insidious uh, li- little bugger, th- this... Um, uh, virus and uh, so it's it's a whole new ball game and um and I'm quite sure that people will adjust back in a very common sense way um when when this particular um uh crisis uh, passes which it will yeah someone someone by text saying we started growing veg well we're trying to anyway they say in brackets we also do a workout every day without fail great for the mind and body and you need you have to look at the positives in your life of course you do. I mean, the very fact that, all right, we're cocooning, but we're cocooning in quite a comfortable setup with a, with a, with a, with a good old telly 
um, you know, quite a few old DVDs and Blu-rays that were collected over the years um, uh, that can be popped on again. Uh, a couple of good novels. Um, a lovely wife to do all your cooking for you. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, the other day I did a thing called Irish Coddle. Okay. Yeah. Was, no, it was it nice? It was a wee bit of a disaster, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have tweaked the... Um, the the recipe. Okay. Um, sausages in future will not go into it. Okay. Uh, more bacon will go into it and less water. <laughs> we I think we I think oh. we have it sauce. <laughs> I I can't, I'm just imagining what it turned out like if you're if you're dropping the sausages and less water and more bacon. Uh, it sounds like it was all <laughs> swimming around in a bowl together. But yeah, but well that's what happens. Awesome. Uh, but the whole thing comes together then in a sort of a goo. <laughs> and you're kind of winning when it gets to be a goo. Oh, I trouble with my one was I had too much water, and it was still a swim rather than a kind of a tickish goo. But uh, we've it sauce now. I'll give it another go. Well done, well done. Yeah. and that's yeah. But but I mean that's you know people I think are returning to home baking again. I mean, ever all the supermarkets are talking about the sale of flour. They've never seen so much. I mean, half the supermarkets you go in and they don't have flour on sale. That's right. Because flour has become a big thing. Yeah, people um, are going back to home baking, and that's not. Yeah, a, it's not yeah. a bad. It's Mary not a bad has thing. a specialty which is. Um, uh, very popular uh, is um, the old coffee cake. Yeah. 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 And there's, um, there's a lot I, of I, I hope I'm not breaking confidentiality, but in the good times, uh, our local PP, Father Jim Kennelly, he would be a big fan of the coffee cake. Right. <laughs> right. And, um, yes, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> and uh, what I'm thinking of is that when this whole thing is over, um, Joe is going to have a few pounds to lose. Yeah, just be careful of being too fond of the coffee yeah, cake. I was, I was going to say that yeah. as well. I mean, people are talking about the Corona stone, that we're going to come out of lockdown with a stone extra. But I just think it's great to see so many people out walking and running and, and whatever. We definitely are eating more, but I think that's because we're at home more. I'm convinced yeah. is is the, is the reason, yeah. and I know I was chatting with somebody in the supermarket, so the checkout operators, and they even said, you know, they're I mean, obviously they're still very busy, but they are people are buying more because we're just at home more. Is Maria. is, is yeah. the reason for yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. All right. We didn't get anywhere near what we were going to talk about, so we'll hold over and talk about it next week. And actually, it gives it, it allows us to give advanced notice to people. We're going to aim a piece next week at the frontline uh, workers, uh, yeah. the ones that are working in the healthcare uh, settings, because it's been quite yeah. a tricky yeah. and a difficult time for them. Even though, thank God, um, Joe, we haven't seen that surge that we were talking about. They flattened the curve. And long may that continue for our frontline workers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I work for the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. Now, they're a very, very internationally recognised body. And um, I I teach that course as well um, uh, so that peers can help peers afterwards um, in in certain settings. And they sent me their ICISF... um, uh, resilience for frontline workers and uh, uh, qu- quite quite a large sheet of um, I suppose you'd call it advice yeah. and um, I'll be only too glad to share it uh, next week very definitely. good yeah. very good listen you stay safe and uh, mind yourself and Mary and we'll talk to you enjoy the bank holiday weekend I really you can go from the kitchen to the bathroom or maybe 
venture to the bedroom. Uh, yeah, and when this is all over, I'll, I'll definitely undertake to get Mary to send you a bit of coffee cake. Well, we will look forward to that. All Mind right. yourself, Joe. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. That is uh, Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in uh, Bohabui. Uh, and Sheila says, I can find it very depressing just to have to stay at home all day. But then as soon as you go to the shop, you have to stay away from people. It's very, very strange times in which we live. It is indeed. Uh, Margaret says, you were talking about daffodils or dandelions earlier. I saw field of them uh, just past Boherbury Cemetery. It was actually a lovely sight to see because the bright colour of the yellow and someone else is suggesting when you're on about da- dandelions the dandelion leaf can be used in salads and the, juke of the juice of the stalk is brilliant for curing verrucas says Pat in Mallow. Thank you for that. That's what I leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul and Sadie for taking your calls today. We are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Nick Richards with you for the afternoon. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Stay safe. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. To the Irish people, I say thank you for the sacrifices you've made so far. We all want to be outside. We want to be with friends and family. We want to see the mountains and the sea. We want to be free. And I know it is very difficult, but every sacrifice that we make is helping to save lives. It's making sure that our health service is not overwhelmed. It's making things a little easier for those working on the front line. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.